And then finally, after 25 years of praying, the Lord blessed me with the, not even a phenomenal, not even a job that I was, I was even, I didn't even know that I was going to, a job that was Monday through Friday, every kid's being off, every holiday being off, all through the summer. Just take advantage of what you have, sis, and God will bless you. Okay? He'll bless you. Ain't you glad to be in the Lord's house today? Yes. Amen. <laughs> we'll tell you, I've been trying to, <clears throat> been trying to put some of these uh, stuff on our um, podcast. We got kind of a, a generic one, I guess. It's uh, a little different. It's not like the some of the podcast, but they're working. Um, we're going to try to work on getting better systems with that stuff. Um, that's why I've been praying God would send us some people uh, that may be here that has the wisdom and knowledge and time. That's a big key. You know, we can't do everything, but we need people can do some stuff. Everything's important. Help us build a good, uh, good website and, and have good links to all this kind of stuff. We live in that digital age, and it is a time when people use this a lot. I listen to preaching nearly every day. Uh, not hardly a day goes by that I don't listen to preaching, but I know it helps me. I'm a preacher. I'm always preaching, but I need to be preached to, too. Because preaching saves us. It's what strengthens our faith. But that said, um, if you want to go back and listen to some of these sermons, I've been trying to put them on the podcast. Um uh, I can link it to Facebook. If you don't have it, I can send you a text and you can download the app. And there's some that's on Harvest House is uh, podcast. There's some that's on Breach, which is our youth. Jake has been putting some on there too. And uh, I'll try to reach back in the archives every once in a while and pull some out. Bishop White, Brother Near, and, and put some of those on there too at times um, as time comes along. But anyway, so if you want to go back and listen to some of these, Maybe you didn't catch a note or whatever. You can go back and listen to it on the podcast. So I just want to pass that along. But I'm going to read from the book of Proverbs, chapter 9. I love Proverbs. Uh, it's an incredible book from Solomon, the wise Solomon. He's a very, he was very wise, but yet he didn't always use his wisdom. <laughs> uh, he ended up getting himself into trouble before it was all said and done. It's the women's fault, though, right? No, no better. He he didn't he didn't heed his own wisdom, and maybe that's why he had so much wisdom. I often wondered if when you look at Proverbs, it talks a lot about wisdom. It talks a lot about um, the different um, how to deal with from a man's perspective towards a woman and what a woman should be. And I really have this is my hopeful of my spirit. I'm hoping that. Solomon wrote Proverbs after his excursion with his 700 plus women and that Proverbs is a result of all that and that in the end he was got himself right. That's my hope. I don't, I've never read any commentaries or anything to, to tell me that that was or wasn't, but that's just what I try to hope and believe because he was wise. Proverbs 9 and 1, uh, one verse of scripture today and then I'll, I'll get into this. It says, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Let me read that again. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out 
her seven pillars. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for these wonderful people, Lord, that's here. God, that called this their church. So thankful, God, for all your goodness and grace and mercy. You're awesome and mighty, God. I just ask you to bless us here today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for standing on the word. Start a little story today. Um, two teachers were applying for the same vice principal position at a local high school. One had been teaching a total of eight years. The other had been teaching a total of 20 years. Everyone expected the teacher with a greater experience to get the job. But when the decision was made, it was a person with eight years teaching who was chosen. The teacher overlooked for the job complained bitterly. I've got 20 years teaching to her eight years, he cried. I'm vastly more qualified. The school board reply went like this. Yes, sir, you do have 20 years teaching to her eight. But where she has eight years experience, you have one year's experience repeated 20 times. Think about that. It would only say simple experience in the passage of time doesn't mean we have grown or learned from those things we experienced during that time. Everybody say wisdom. It was Benjamin Franklin that said, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. A man by the name of Lou I'm not sure how he says his last name. It's T-Z-U. not how you say it. But he says, to attain knowledge, add things every day. To attain wisdom, remove things every day. Wisdom, man by the name of man or woman, on which it is, Terry Pratchett said, wisdom comes from experience. Experience is often the result of lack of wisdom. Um, Theodore Levitt, a Harvard Business School from the Harvard Business School said experience comes from what we have done. Wisdom comes from what we have done badly. Amen. I could go on and have quote after quote about wisdom today. So I'm going to talk a little about wisdom. I'll give you more um, directly what my thought title is. This is something I won't finish today. It's something I may take probably a a few Sundays. I'm going to do this on Sunday morning. A few Sunday mornings to get done with this. So, um, look the definition up of wisdom uh, from our secular dictionaries. Uh, um, I think it's the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It says, wisdom, according to the dictionary, is quality of having experience, knowledge. It's good judgment. The quality of being wise. It is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. But what is wisdom according to the Bible? So when we look at the Bible the dictionary, um, there's a lot of different spots. Wisdom is it's, it's throughout the Bible. From beginning to end, Sister uh, Valma, we see wisdom is just embedded and put inside the Word of God, it's specifically the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And, um, that's where Solomon shared so much of his wisdom. And it's so good. That's why I want to say, I want to choose it. I'm hoping that Solomon done this after all these women turned him to other gods and he realized I've messed up. So I'm choosing to believe that Solomon read, wrote this after. I don't know for sure, uh, but that's just my hopes. But 
from the word God, wisdom, um, the Bible dictionary, is the right use or exercise of knowledge. Think about that today. We may have knowledge, but if we don't use the knowledge that we have, it's not wisdom being used. I may have knowledge that if I pick up a snake, it'll bite me. And if I don't pick that rattlesnake up, I'm using wisdom. But if I do pick it up, I'm not using the knowledge that I got because that thing's probably going to bite me. It's a choice of a laudable ends and the best means to accomplish them. This is wisdom and act, effect, practice. In the text today that I read, it's just one verse of scripture. We see here that, guys, I'm very sorry, but for some reason the writer wrote this as we see wisdom as a woman. Um, we want to think we're high and mighty sometimes, but I'm going to tell you what, we just learn to listen to our wives sometimes. I know I've been victim of that many times. You should have listened. It's been the same way with her, though. She don't always listen to me either. I'm just, she don't anyway. But Solomon, when he wrote this, he said, he called wisdom a woman building a house. And for that house, she's cut out seven stone pillars. The reason I think he was using solid, uh, a woman is because a woman who builds a good godly house has got to have wisdom. But she's got to put up with everything. She's got to put up with the kids, trying to raise those, in, especially specifically during this time, Brother David. Uh, the woman was considered so much less than what God had actually designed her. And I'm thankful when Jesus came on the scene in the Word of God, he actually tried to put women back in the place where they needed to be, where they're they're, you know, not not that they're um, above the man or anything like that, but there's so much qualities within a woman that we need each other, okay? He, he needs the church. He calls the church a woman. He's coming back after his bride. So this is why uh, when you look at the text of Solomon, he's got a revelation of what this woman that builds a house. During this time, she had to she had to get food together. She had to make sure the kids take care, make sure the husbands take care. It took a very wise woman to be able to keep the house running like it needs to be. So he said, "This woman built this house, and she has cut it out of seven stones, pillars." Everybody say pillars. Pillars. Pillars have been used from the earliest time to support roofs, large rooms, and and through time. Uh, they've been made of wood, they've been made of stone, they've been made of uh, what's called mud bricks. A lot of the archaeologists back then had this stable design. When designing an extensive house, they would build the house around a courtyard. You read this a lot of times in the Word of God. You see it in Isaiah, where, or, yeah, the book of Isaiah King, but anyway, when Isaiah was going to Hezekiah and telling him, you know, God's fixing to kill you and all this kind of stuff, we see that Isaiah's walking through the courtyard. This is part of the house and how they build it. They would have, in the center, they'd have third, uh, three, three kind of places, uh, three pillars down one side, three down the other, and then have one pillar in the middle. It would make up seven pillars. And it was a very common way of how they built structures during this time. Look at the old foundation that I'll, I'll get into what I'm going to talk about here in just a moment. And But what we're seeing in this uh, 
particular passage here, we're seeing is this woman called Wisdom had built her house with these pillars laid out something like that. And we're seeing in this proverb that this wisdom is symbolic as this woman who's built a permanent house for herself. You see, wisdom is permanent, and it must be housed for long term. It has to be something that we're going to have wisdom, and has to be, in fact, thinking about long term. We think about the Old Testament tabernacle. It was built, uh, was not necessarily a permanent thing in its where it was put at. It was built where it would be put up, and it could be taken down. But when you have pillars in a house, it's not something you want to pull out. Amen. Not at all. You don't want to pour, pull a pillar out. We've got some uh, metal pillars down the middle of this building underneath us. We don't want to go under there and pull the metal pillars out of this thing. This roof's going to sag worse than it is now, folks. It's probably going to come down on top of us. Because this pillar is a foundation. It's something that you want to put there permanently. Amen. We need wisdom in our life. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I need wisdom. And something really important here is that we see that not just saying that they need pillars, but saying that we need seven pillars. Seven is so significant in the Word of God. Seven is in the uh, Hebrew Greek is Sheba. It comes from a root word of of Sabbath, and it means to be full or satisfied. That's what seven means. We see the fact that uh, we have seven days in the week. Hopefully, at the end of your week, you feel full, you feel satisfied. Sometimes you feel too full, right? I'm tired of this week. But that's what is designed. When Jesus, or when, when, when God created this earth in six days, on that seventh day, he was satisfied. He looked back and said, oh, it's good. Thankful for what I've done. And he rested on that seventh day. That's what, you know, that's what the seventh day, uh, Sabbath day is meant for us. I know we say, well, Sunday's the first day of week. Well, we don't get all the arguments of that. But to me, Monday's my first day. Sunday's my seventh day, and I'm glad to get there and rest. Amen. I think that's the important thing there, but David, is we have a time throughout your week that we find a time to rest, relax, and take that fullness and feel like we're actually complete through that week. What better way to complete your week is to come to the house of God. Amen. Amen. It means satisfied. And I, and I want my weeks to end and feel like I'm satisfied. This, this has been a good week. This is you know, I think about this week, it's been a tough work work week, but you know what? The aggravating jobs I talked about, I got them both done, and they didn't get messed up, and was finished. I had some incredible prayer this week, got to go to some incredible church services this week, and you know what? Today I feel full and I feel satisfied. Seven pillars. Wisdom's built on seven pillars. I'm going to talk about today. And probably over the next few weeks, the seven pillars of wisdom. What makes up wisdom? What what is the pillars, the foundation that builds this 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 woman's building wisdom? Wisdom, a permanent place to live. It's where the house will be supported by the perfect, satisfying number of pillars of seven. If we look at our text in chapter 9, it tells us that the seven pillars had already been hewn 
are cut from rock. It doesn't tell us in this verse of, of Proverbs 9 and 1, it doesn't tell us what these pillars are. But it said they've already been hewn out. They've already been cut. The rocks have been cut for them. So that's telling me if it's already done, then I need to backtrack a little bit and find out exactly what these pillars are, are and what they're talking about. And I believe if we look back in the next chapter in the book of uh, Proverbs chapter 8, we find wisdom is spoken about, well, it's spoken about all the way through Proverbs, but specifically since we got chapter 9 saying there's seven pillars of, of wisdom, we look at chapter 8, verses 12 and 14, I think we see here maybe where these pillars of wisdom are what they actually are. Because here in, in uh, Proverbs 8, verses 12 and 14, we see again that wisdom is bespoken as a, a uh, lodging or a staying in a house. We're talking about pillars, seven pillars of the house. So I think we can see that wisdom here, let, let me read it, Proverbs 8, 12 through 14. I, wisdom, dwell. What this telling me is I'm dwelling. This is my housing place. This is where I dwell at. And it says, I dwell with, what's it dwell with? Prudence. And I find out knowledge in witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance in the evil way. And the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine. And sound wisdom. And I am understanding. And I have strength. If you read that from the American Standard Version, it said, I, wisdom, have made prudence my dwelling. Find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of Jehovah is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the perverse mouth. Do I hate counsel is mine and sound knowledge? I am understanding. I have might. I think here in chapter 8 that we could be, uh, most likely, we could see that these, these places that it says wisdom is dwelling at is absolutely probably the pillars of wisdom. It probably could be a whole lot more pillars than that. See what we need somebody to work on our sound? We're doing the best we can. We don't do good enough this and time getting a ring in here. Hey, I believe in God's going to do this stuff. Amen. Amen. So what are these eight pillars? I believe this is the eight pillars. I believe it's prudence, knowledge and discretion. I think they're bound together here. The fear of God, counsel, Sound wisdom, understanding, strength, or power. I believe these are the pillars of wisdom. If we're going to have wisdom, it's going to come through these seven things. We're going to have prudence. We're going to have some knowledge and discretion. The fear of God. Counsel and sound wisdom. We'll talk about that once we get to it. Understanding and strength or power. So, with that said, we'll try to talk about a couple of them today. Um, I don't know how many I'll talk about in each, each one as I go through, but today I want a couple of them I want to talk about. Number one is, uh, from this verse, I think we can see that the first pillar of wisdom is prudence. Everybody say prudence. prudence. Say that once again, prudence. prudence. What did he say? Our wisdom dwell with prudence. Somebody might be thinking, well, Brother Lord, what in the world is prudence? Well, wisdom portrayed as I'm lodging in this house the woman called prudence. Prudent. 
Prudent is careful, sensible, and marked by sound judgment. That's prudent. Let me read it again. Careful, sensible, and marked by sound judgment. A prudent person carefully thinks through situations and their possible consequences, and they act accordingly. That is what prudence is. Prudence is not somebody that just flies out, flies off the handle and do whatever they think. Just up one day and take off or, or up. I mean, I can take this so many ways here and I, I will through some of this. But somebody who's prudent, they think the situation out. They think about what's happening. You know, it's not, it's not a lot of wisdom just to, um, you know, just go to the store and just start spending your money any kind of way you want. It's not a lot of wisdom. Amen. It's not a lot of wisdom just to uh, go in a house and start eating everything. Right? <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I want to have wisdom in my life. Look, I, I'm starting to get some this gray stuff on the side of my head. Thank goodness you got a haircut and you couldn't sit, you can't see as much of it. A while back, Bethany, I was used to said, Dad, I always tell them you need a haircut because you start getting that gray. It don't do no good no more. It's still kind of there. But that's okay. I'm going to be 48 before too long. And I'm going to have this gray. I'm going to turn 50. I know some of the kids already says, look, you're, you're old. Well, once I turn 50, I'm going to feel like I'm actually getting older enough that i got some wisdom. Been around the block a little bit. I want to have some wisdom. If I want to have some wisdom, I want, to, I want people to actually be able to look at me and come and say, hey, give me some of your wisdom. Be like the, uh, the, the strong man that went to I think it was Confucius or one of the, the old timers that said, I, I want wisdom and knowledge. I know I've told this story, but it just fits with this. I want wisdom and knowledge. It takes him down to the river and he sucks him under the water. 30 seconds. Pulls him back up. He said, what do you want? He said, I want wisdom. Puts him back under for another 30 seconds. Pulls him back out. What do you want? I want knowledge. I know you've heard the story. I tell it all the time. He sticks it back under, pulls it back up this time. Say, what do you want? He said, I want air. He said, when you want wisdom and knowledge like you wanted air, you'll have it. And see, that's kind of how it is for us, folks. You're not going to be wise if you don't go looking for it. And this is what he's saying. This person that's the first quality of being, having wisdom, this first pillar in your life to get wisdom is you've got to intentionally go find it. You've got to. Because men and women who are wise are prudent. They're wise. They're wise-minded. They're that goes together. They're, they're wise in handling practical matters. And, and they they exercise good judgment and, and, and they exercise common sense with things. They're, you, you just don't. Go fly off the handle and do something if you're prudent. If you're prudent, you think about it. You put some common sense into things. You know what? If we'll just step back a lot of times at everything we're dealing with in life and just think about it, we can figure out a way to get out of it, especially if we're living for God. Because the Bible says that there is no temptation that's come upon us that, I'm paraphrasing here and I get exactly right, that, we're, that God don't give you a way out of it. 
So we have temptation comes at us and, and we don't use wisdom. We don't have prudence in life. So we just, Brother David, we just fly off the handle. Somebody comes up and gets in your face and starts mouthing at you. He's like, well, I didn't have no choice. I had to get mad and punch them back. And Well, did you really? No, you didn't. God makes a way for every way to extend this using prudence that we, we evaluate the situation. You know, there, there's a lot of us, and I'll, I'll say me and, and I'll count me in with this because I've been guilty of this. And uh, all of a sudden we have bills and stuff pop up in our life. Well, I had to put that on the credit card. Did we really? And the next thing you know, we got debt we can't handle. We're like, well, I had to buy this. See, the prudent person is wisdom. And I want to be this person. It's that person uses some common sense and backs up. Well, did I really have to or, or, or could I got rid of it just went down to a basic phone. It only cost me. Or do I, do I even need a phone? Did I have to get that car that costs me $400 a month? Or could I just settle for that one that get me to where I need to be? Prudence is when we look at situations and we try our best to use common sense and we don't we don't base our decisions on trying to to uh, uh, keep up with the Joneses as the, as the saying is. See, one person said, you know, talking about prudence, it's common sense. I, I like this. I've seen it. I don't I don't know who, who said it, so I don't know who to credit it to today, but uh, they said one person said that common sense and deodorant have something in common. The people who need it the most don't use it. Right? Deodorant and common sense is, is a lot of life. People who need it the most, they just don't use it. John Wayne said it this way. Life's tough. It's even tougher if you're stupid. Amen. It's the truth, folks. Life's tough enough, tough enough. But when I do stupid things, I go back and look at myself and God, that was stupid. Why did I do that? I, Sister Lisa, what I'm doing, I'm not exhibiting the first pillar of wisdom, which is prudence. When I just have to step back from the situation and look at it and try to use some common sense to evaluate the whole situation instead of just rushing into something and doing things that I shouldn't do. But wisdom just steps back and begins to evaluate it. And look at the circumstances, Sister Heather, and says, what can I do? How can God help me? How can I take knowledge that's been given to me in my life? See, there's two ways to get knowledge in your life. By your experience or somebody else's. I can either experience it and usually experience if I experience and learn from it, I do something stupid and I mess up and I learn from my mistakes. I like to learn from somebody else's mistakes. That way I don't experience that part of it and I let experience it through them. And I learned that's what prudence is. We look and evaluate the things around us, Brother Donnie, and we realize I can learn from uh, I, I can learn from somebody else. Brother Ford uh, always told us young ministers when we first come along, he said, Learn from my mistakes. Let me look at somebody else and learn from their mistakes. Learn from what they're doing that makes it work. You know, the, the definition to insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over, 
expecting different results, but you're always going to get the same results. You know, we're always broke. We can't figure out we're always broke. We don't never pay tithes or offering. We never give anything. Oh, we're always sick and we're always unhealthy. We can't never figure it out because we don't take care of our, our bodies and we don't get healthy. Brother Lord, I didn't come for all that this morning. Look, I'm interested in getting our church to the place that we become an excellent church. We go from a good church to a great church. We go from a good person to a great person. We go from a person who's living in mediocrity to a person who becomes what God's created us to be. Then we're living life and life more abundantly. And it's going to start, Brother Donnie, when we learn to have the pillars of wisdom in our life. The first pillar that we need, it just takes some good common sense with some things. Amen. You know, it's prudence. It's when we know that what we're doing may lead somebody else into sinning. So we teach them by restraint within ourselves. Listen, if you come to church half the time, when your kids get grown, they'll not come. I'm talking about prudence today. I'm talking about just using good common sense. See, people with prudence, they have a self-restraint. They have sound judgment as a part of their character. There's somebody that's not, they can control their emotions in their world and their life. Hosea 14 and 9 says this. Who is wise? He shall uh, he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the wise of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressor shall fall therein. Who is wise? He, he will realize these things. Who, who's discerning? He'll understand them. See, the ways of the Lord, he said, the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous walk in them. But the, the transgressor, the, the rebellious against the word of God, they stumble and they fall. Those who, those who know righteousness of God will be called truly wise and prudent. Let me tell you what, the best way to have good common sense about life, folks, is this. It's the word of God. Inside this word has every answer to every, there is a principle for everything in this, in our life that we're dealing with right now. And prudence, it's going to first learn, we get our common sense, Brother Donnie, it's going to come from the Word of God. We've got to have the Word in our life, hallelujah, to be able, to be able to know where we're going to go and what we're going to do. Prudence, it means shrewdness, a, a sound judgment. It's the ability to keep ourselves from being misled. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10, 16, when he was sending them out, he said, I want you to go, I want you to be wise as servants, harmless as doves. It, it gives us an idea of what prudence is. It, through the wisdom of Proverbs, it lets us know you're going to be wise as that serpent. You know, the serpent, he, he, we was walking yesterday, with the, we went to uh, uh, Penaround, did a little bit of walking. We're trying to walk, get healthier, and we're walking off the bed. He goes, ah, backs up. And there's just a snake laying right there. It's a little one, real big one. All snakes are kind of the same, though, right? Kill them all. 
So I said, I tell you what I do with a snake. I chop its head off. Then I throw it in the road and let every car smash in the ground. <laughs> so I'll make sure it's nothing left of this snake. But the snake, for some reason, Jesus used to say, the, the snake, he said, be as wise as a serpent. You see, he, he, he's very, if you ever watch a snake, you ever watch a snake as it moves and he's just kind of, he just slithers along and he's very careful about where he goes and, and where he's going to. He, it's like he's very wise in, in his movements. He's quiet. But yet be as harmless as a dove. And we know a dove's not going to hurt nothing, right? We've always heard all that. Drive down the road and see the doves and flying up. They're just beautiful. He was using this for a reason. Let's, let's be wise of that serpent that we be careful where we're going, but also let's be harmless and let's not hurt nobody in the process and what we're doing things. This is what prudence is. It's, it's, it's using the wisdom that God has given us in the Word of God. And we use that wisdom. And I, I'm going to we'll get there here in a second and talk get a little bit closer with it here and, and help us out with this wisdom because you're going to see as we go along every pillar ties together alright and you just can't start off with something down here a little farther you've got to start off with just the simple fact that you've got to have prudence in your life if you're going to be wise it has to start with just some good wise decisions alright it's like right now Somebody may come into my house and try to sell me like they did when I first got married. A rainbow vacuum cleaner. I thought I had to have that vacuum cleaner. You get one too? I had to get one. We just first got married. That old shag carpet up. But when they took that vacuum cleaner and they sucked that pillow down, I gotta have that. Because after all, I gotta suck my pillow down like that every day. I never even done it. Man, what if somebody come to my house today trying to sell me any kind of vacuum cleaner? It would be very unwise for me to buy one. You know what? I don't have a carpet in my house anywhere. And neither do I want any. I hate carpets. You might even have a few rugs around there. The dog didn't think it was a pee pad, so we don't have rugs either. So. Praise the Lord. Maybe that'll change here in six months when Bethany gets married. You see, wisdom first starts with just making good common sense. It doesn't make a lot of common sense for me to um, buy a vacuum cleaner if I don't have carpet. Right? And, and see, we go through life. We gain knowledge. And we do this so that we can avoid pitfalls in the path of life. And this is the main reason we need prudence so that we can we can discern, discriminate between what's truth and what's error. We use just that good old common sense. See, we need to be wise of that serpent. Harmless of the devil. We cannot afford to be uh, naive or unexperienced in our life. See, prudence involves carefully managing what God's given us, our resources, so that we can have what, what we need for the future, which brings us to the next pillar. These two are tied together. And this next pillar 
Prudence is the first pillar, wisdom, and it leads us to the next one, which is knowledge and discretion. They're tied together. It's knowledge and discretion. Uh, he didn't just say knowledge then discretion. He says knowledge and discretion. He puts them together. In Proverbs chapter 8, we see that, that second pillar, he ties it in actually with prudence. He said, I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The Hebrew word for discretion is mesma, I guess is how you say it. Um, it means power of forming plans. So you're using knowledge of the knowledge you're gaining from prudence to form plans in your life. Form plans for what you need to do. In, in other words, it's using the wisdom or wise, I guess you'd say wiseness. I don't know wiseness. Is that a word? Probably isn't a word. We'll use it. I put a hyphen between it. Will that work? Wiseness. Whatever. But if we, we use that, what we're, we're getting to, to plot or, or, or think up of a way to uh, help our lives be better. It, it means possessing or showing judgment and keeping our perception where it needs to be. Someone who can reason and plan the best direction to head in. I mean, Jesus talks about it. No man builds a building without first setting down accounting the cost. If you do, it's not real wise. Otherwise, you won't have enough to finish it. You sit down, you figure out what you have for his money, what your resources is, and figure out what you can build. Small example. How many ever walked in your house and you're hungry and all of a sudden, well, you just don't get out a bunch of stuff. You may have done it. I've done it. And start fixing stuff in your house. I don't have this. So I can't finish making what I started. Anybody ever done that? Get ready to cook something in the house. and like, I've learned a little better through through some prudence in my life and good and some hard knocks. I figured out, okay, I'll, let's let's cook and then we can start looking at the cats and what can we cook? Oh, can't do that. We don't got this. this, this. Thank God for we, uh, for Google anymore because you don't have a certain spice you can search. You know, what's a substitute for paprika? I know y'all maybe have done that, but I've done it a few times. We have. Sometimes you don't find a substitute. You just put something there anyway, right? You see, throughout the book of Proverbs, it shows that the godly man or godly woman takes interest in all things that's going on around them. He takes the trouble to know his way about everything that's around him. He's aware of his surroundings. And he plans his course and his action realistically. Okay? With knowledge and discretion, realistically looking at what you got with where you are. It's what Brother Mir said the other day. It's when we learn to be honest with ourselves with where we are. You can never get anywhere else if you don't know first where you are. Who's going to um, the fair that the night Sister Lisa drove the van? She's, I don't know how to get to where you are. Was it Taco Bell or Massaville? First question was, where are you? Because I can't tell you how to get to me if I don't know where you are. So you first got to recognize where you are before you can ever go anywhere else. You can't plan a route to go on vacation anywhere if you don't first know where you're planning it from.
Put it simply, it's someone who looks ahead and then plans his action. I'm talking about pillars of wisdom today. If you want to be unwise, then then do whatever. But listen, if you want to be wise, I want to be wise. I, I've determined in my life, I want to be wise about a lot of things in my life. And there's some, there's some things, I'm going to tell you what, I've been doing some repenting, especially this week over a lot of things in my world. Say, God, I'm not being good enough steward about my money. I'm not being good enough steward about the stuff you've given me, my house, my vehicles. I'm not being a good steward about so many things. And I, I've been repenting and asking God to forgive me. And I've been kind of doing, just trying to use some comments and say, okay, this is where I am. That's where I want to be. What do I got to do to get where I'm going? Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3 gives us a good example of this. It said, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on. Amen? One translation puts it this way, A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffering for it. Come on, folks, if you're suffering from something in your world, and you know, whether it be financial or whether it be physical or whether it be mentally, why do we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over? Let's get some wisdom. Let's let some pillars get established in our life and let's figure out some things. This, see, this verse is telling us that, that there's a there's a lot of difference between faith and blind optimism, okay? There's a lot of difference between faith and blind optimism. People with blind optimism, according to the word of God, they're seen as fools. Now, I'm an optimistic person, but you know what? I can't be so optimistic that I'm blind of the fact of reality, okay? God don't want us to put ourselves in dangerous situations and just expect him to rescue us every time. That's not wisdom. Yeah, God can do that, and He can He can bring you out of it. For, for example, uh, I can't I can't get my car and say, God protect me, keep me safe, and then I drive eighty mile an hour everywhere I go. Or, or we can't we can't expect God to heal our bodies of everything in the world, and we're constantly being addicted to. Uh, uh, Stuff out there, addicted habits that, that destroy our body. And we think, God's going to heal me. No, he don't have to. Come on. I want to be quiet, but let me talk about it. We can't be ingesting things in our body that's going to, that's, okay, not God here, okay, but science out there itself. If it has a warning label on it and you keep ingesting it into your body and say, oh, God's going to heal me. You know, he's not going to heal you because you're not using wisdom. Oh, I know to be quiet, but it's okay. I'm talking about wisdom today because I want it to get wise. Right? Oh, it's easy for, for us that may not have addicted habits of that sort that don't have warning labels on it in such a manner, but yet to eat extremely unhealthy all the time and then expect God to keep us healthy. Amen. Well, we're going all day without talking about that, right? That's exactly what this is talking about in Proverbs. Hard wisdom is involving in knowing how to avoid danger. Amen. Knowing how to avoid danger. The leading cause for heart attack in men is overweight. 
Matter of fact, you can go through and you can look at, uh, especially in America, the reason, the leading reason for, for people being unhealthy in America is obesity. Brother Orton, I'm talking about wisdom today. It's knowing. So let's bring it in a more spiritual aspect. I don't care what science tells us, but the leading cause for depression today is unthankfulness. Get up every day and don't thank God for what you have. Before too long, you're going to be depressed. Because thankfulness is a part of praise, as I was talking about earlier. When you become thankful, you're removing that garment of heaviness and you're putting the garment of praise on top of you. And I promise you, I got enough Bible to back it up. The leading, the leading cause for people of being in depression today is because they're unthankful. Because it's impossible to be depressed when you start thinking about all the goodness that God's done for you and all the good things He's done for you. You can wake up every day and begin your day like the Bible, like Jesus said. Enter his courts and gates with praise and thanksgiving. You can't even really get in the presence of God unless you're thankful and praise him. The leading cause, folks, of people being depressed. Here you go. The leading cause of sin in your life is the lack of not knowing the word of God and not having it in your heart. How do you know that, brother Lord? Because David said, Thou word if I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. No wonder people sinning like crazy. They have no idea what the word of God even says. But wisdom tells me that I look and I find this stuff that I need. I get a I plot a plan for my life. I, I said a few weeks ago, I challenged some people. I said, you know what? Plan your day. If you're gonna be 30 minutes on Facebook, be 30 minutes of prayer. If you're going to be 30 minutes of watching the news and television, be 30 minutes in prayer a day. Let's not give this world any more than we would give God. I'm talking about pillars of wisdom, and we need prudence, and we need knowledge and discretion. And people may get mad at me and upset at me, but that's okay. I decided I'm, I care less about being your friend, but a lot more being your pastor and getting you to heaven. Because I'm tired of seeing people walking around broken, disgusted, and depressed, and down and out in their life. If you be honest for a chance, for once, try to listen to a man of God in your life that's trying to bring you out of the place you are and help you to become what God has designed you to be. Let me tell you what, we can learn some wisdom in our life, Brother Donnie. I'm tired of sitting across the desk from people that, that's telling me, I'm this, I'm that, I'm going through this and that, and the whole reason they're going through it is because they're not doing what the Word of God says. I'm just trying to tell you what the Word of God says. I've, I've, been, I've had people come to the church and, and tell me, I want you to help me to be what God wants me to be. And then when I, uh, Sister uh, Lisa, when I start telling them, this is what the Word of God says for me doing this, and they say, oh, I, I'm leaving because you, I, I can't do what you want me to do. No, I'm doing what you told me to do. Want to take the word of God in their life. And listen, if we're going to have wisdom, it's taking knowledge from somebody else. This is thousands of years of knowledge right here in our hands. And if we choose not to listen, kind of a funny story, but it was, we, like I said, we went to Penarale yesterday, just doing some walking around and everything. And uh, um, of course, you guys know that Bethany in Texas just got. Engaged, and Bethany's got a real good friend she worked with. Her name's Cat. She's been requesting prayer for her. Sweetheart, sweet girl. What to pray for Cat. Cat uh, is married to a, a Mormon guy, and 
He won't go to any other kind of church. She said, well, I'm getting not he don't go to church at all. But anyway, sweetheart needs Jesus in her life. That's all she needs. You know, you've seen the people, they're good people. They just need Jesus, you know. So we decided we were going to walk down. If you've read a pen or I'll look over the lodge, you can walk from the lodge and walk down and walk down some stairs that goes out to the uh uh, down to have, have Pen 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 Lake there, and that's where Texas asked Bethany to uh, marry her. And so we're going to walk down that way. But if you've been there, the lodge is up really high. Uh, in Texas, when he gets to going, sometimes I'm like, my God, he's going to make my daughter. All right. So he's climbing up on these rocks, and he's climbing up on this. And Cheryl's like, he's just doing aggravate Cheryl. And she's like, get out, get out, you're going to fall. The older she gets, the more she gets like her mom in that area. I mean, it's just Yvonne, you go swimming, you, still, you get ankle deep. Water. You're too deep, get back! <laughs> I'm glad Sister Cheryl can swim. We can actually go swimming. But anyway, so we're, he got, he was starting to get a little too rambunctious, a little too brave with carrying on, and we were going down these steps, so he's climbing over where he fell. He probably just fell with water, I don't know. But you just can't take a chance. That's what I'm talking about today, wisdom. Boys, eighteen, you got to figure out some things. I used to be like that too. Just uh, finally, I just I decided to quote scripture. Thing. The Bible says, "Man, be ignorant; let him be ignorant." He said, "Oh man, he didn't pull the Bible out to me. Now I've got to be obligated to the pastor." <laughs> Listen, folks. Part of wisdom involves knowing. How to avoid danger. I'm almost done today. We're just going to go through these two today. On prudence and knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 14, 15, 16 says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his goings. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Another translation says it this way, A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives uh, thought to his steps. A wise Man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hoof-headed and reckless. Listen to me. If we want to start with wisdom, folks, this is what we're going to learn to do. Number one, we've got to be prudent. Just use some good common sense. Add to that common sense some knowledge that calls you some discretion in your life. It's the second pillar. Add to your just common sense. Use some common sense. All right. Decide. I'm going to change some things in my world. Then use that that knowledge and that you've got and discretion that it start you start putting a plan discretion put a plan in your life come on you want to be better in prayer put a plan you want to be better in your finances listen David was directed by wisdom to hide himself from Saul that's how he stayed away from him the disciples were taught to flee the uh, the Romans army anytime this coming after you see the word of God this Paul repeatedly hid himself and when he was threatened destruction they, they put him over a wall he constantly was getting away from them because he was using wisdom was working his life even Jesus himself acted on this rule you can see where they looked like they were going to come in before you know he was going to be crucified but it was going to come in before his time you can read the scripture where he disappeared through the crowd he was he was using wisdom in his life and perhaps one of my favorite examples of this is Noah Manoah Moved with fear and prepared an ark for saving his family. It's found in Hebrews 11 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that come to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him by faith. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house. 
move with fear. See, that's going to be our next one. Next week, I'll start going from it. Which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness by faith. Knowing what's going on about you so that you can wisely plan for your future and avoid any potential dangers and evils. That's what I'm talking about with this. That first pillar is prudence. It leads us to knowledge and discretion, which involves carefully managing all your resources that you have what you need in the future. Now I'm going to close the scripture, but I'm going to say this first. I'm challenging this church right now. I don't know where you are financially. I don't know where you are physically. Well, I may have an idea with all these. And I don't know exactly where you are emotionally. But the reason we are, if we are in a bad condition in any of those, most likely it's our fault by not letting wisdom lead us. Amen. Most likely. All right. Sister Vamma, can I use you for an example? I don't think you would care. You're such a sweetheart. Sister Vamma's sitting back there with the oxygen on her right now. Most likely why? How many years did you smoke, sis? 40 years of smoking. Today she's sitting here with oxygen. Okay? Those of us, we can look at her and say, I'm going to use wisdom. I'm looking at Sister Vamma. And she's told me this. She can tell you. You don't need smoke, no. All right. You can look at her for example. We we can go we can go to the different hospitals and see people who's drink and they're dying of cirrhosis. And you can you can look at people who uh, you go to Walmart and they're they're. Yeah, I know there's all kinds of different situations. They're so overweight they have to get cheers and stuff like this. Come on, folks. For our health, let's use some wisdom. Put a plan in action. We have too many resources at our hands for us to be unhealthy anymore. I know America makes it easy. But let's go farther than that. Let's burn our mind. Why is your mind bombarded? I can tell you simply. You're staying up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning on Facebook. You're watching stuff constantly that you don't need to watch. You're bombarding your mind with all this stuff. I've been talking about this. Bombarding your mind with all this stuff that's causing you. You're, I mean, if you're watching horror flicks and all this kind of stuff, and, and, you're, and you're, bat, you're, you're battling uh, with leaving your wife with a, another person or your spouse, oh, see what you're watching. Are you watching all this adultery and fornication? If you're battling with curse words in, in your mind all the time, you can't get them out. What are you listening to? Maybe it's the shows you're watching. And, and you use discretion and knowledge of what you're doing. This is what I'm talking about. And you're, you're so depressed because you're not... See, you see what I'm talking about today? You're, you spiritually can't ever get over that mountain and, and you're like, put a plan in your life. Start praying, start journaling, start reading the Word of God, start reading good books that, that promote your mind and get you stronger. We're, digital dementia is killing our generation. We can't remember anything anymore. Because so many screens are in our face all the time. Whether it be a TV or an iPad or a, uh, a phone or whatever. It's killing us. Proverbs 2 and 10 said, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant in thy soul, direction shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Listen to this. Something about this knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion shall preserve you. Understanding shall keep thee. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. Get money. Come on, folks. Get on a budget. And when you budget, first thing you budget in is tithing and offering. 
یعنی بجه I'm on a monthly check listen that, that, that excuse goes out the door for me y'all know my aunt Phil she's on a fixed income that woman gay I know she's going to she's going to uh, because of her health reasons she talked to me about it Brother Acres she's going to Brother Acres now which is right there close to her it's easier for her to say I'm not in competition with the apostolic church okay and Phil ain't backslid she's just going to another church now because it's more easier for her health makes it easier alright that woman give we miss her back to school bash I promise you because she'd go she'd go when all that's over at Easter and all that and she'd buy she'd buy 50 to 150 dollars she'd put her bus and she'd leave it there had it all there and then come time she'd drag it back out to Easter or, or and we'd have it on a fixed income but that was offerings she paid her tithes anyway right but Lord I'm just trying to help us. I want us to have wisdom. I want us to be happy. I want us to go from good to great. I want us to go from a decent church to an excellent church. I want you to be an individual that's not just living life, but you're living life more abundantly. Final scripture and I'm done. It is Matthew 7, 23. I'll make a little bit too long ago earlier. Um, Jesus said, Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, will liken them to a wise man. That's a wise man. Which built his house on a rock. The rain descended, floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded on the rock. I'm challenging this church to build your house on pillars of wisdom. Number one, prudence. It's just using good common sense. Let's be honest with yourself. This is where I is, and that's where I want to go. You can't ever get anywhere if you don't first know where you are. Be honest. Look at yourself and say, look, am I really praying like I should? Am I really reading the Bible like I should? Am I really spending too much time on social media and television and all this other stuff? Am I really letting come in my ears what need to come in, whether it's music or the people I'm talking to? What's coming out of my mouth? Evaluate your entire life. Be prudent about where you are. Take some knowledge from what I'm saying today. Read the Word of God. Find something that's going to far as the word preaching, that good apostolic preaching is going to change you and use that for knowledge and discretion. The discretion is going to be, I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to change my world. You see, when you change your world, you only change yours. You change those around you. If you're here and you have a kid today and you change your direction, your child will go with you. Sister Michelle, look, we're talking about it today. What she was saying, Josh was telling her, hey, you're the foundation, be the foundation what she does will affect them grandbabies right now. Right? We know that. Come on, husband. What you do affects your wife. Come on, wife. What you do affects your husband. Moms and kids. No matter what age. Let's use wisdom. Let's get the pillars of wisdom alive. Let's stand today. Come on, stand with me. I'm done. I urge you. Take and study these scriptures. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the fear of God. Fear the Lord. Get a jump on it. Go ahead and start studying yourself. Proverbs 8, 15, I think is where it starts at. Get a jump on it. Start studying it. That way, you come in here. You may even have something you can add to it. All right. Jesus, I ask you to help us today. We want to build our house of wisdom. 
God, help us, God. We, I'm asking, forgive us, Lord. God's wisdom building her house. She then hewn out some pillars. Let us build on these pillars, God, that's going to change our world and our life, God. Lord, help us today, God. Help us in this place today, 